live from wherever you happen to be, it's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. And now, here's your host, curator of the hall, Jamie Dew. Coming in for a landing, COVID-free. I'll show you my passport, all right. My name is Jamie Dew. I am the host and curator of the SNL Hall of Fame. It's good of you to be here this week because we've got a fantastic show for you. So there's that. Each and every week we get together here in the SNL Hall of Fame and I ask you to wipe your feet before you enter. And I will do that again this week. Wipe your feet before you enter. This isn't a barn. This is a house of prestige. This is the SNL Hall of Fame. And once a week, we get together with a guest, uh, an SNL aficionado, a fan of the show, a podcaster, maybe a journalist, and we talk about potential candidates for the Hall of Fame in one of four categories, cast member, host, musical guest, and writer. From there, the guest comes on and makes a case for that person, and uh Then we open the whole shebang up for voting on April 25th. April 25th, voting will open. It'll be open for about three weeks. You'll be able to cast your votes. Uh, You've got from zero to 10 votes that you can cast on the 30 nominees. And kablamo, you're welcome. We've got ourselves a Hall of Fame. Speaking of kablamo, I'm going to tell you that today's uh, nominees are... uh, Three gentlemen that got my attention with a music video called Kablamo. Man, uh, it was a long time ago. It was uh, the summer of 2005, and The Lonely Island were announced to be coming to Saturday Night Live. I said to myself, who's The Lonely Island? And I immediately went to work and started doing uh, some digging to find out who this group was that was going to be joining my favorite show. And I was immediately delighted with what I saw on their, you know, nascent YouTube channel. So uh, there's that. And it it was uh, just a lot of fun. Today's guest is also a lot of fun. He is a podcaster, uh, a podcast empresario, I should say, from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, It's John Schneider, head of the SNL Network, and he stopped by and um, really regaled me with, uh, you know, some great talk about these, uh, this trio and what they brought to the table and how it's changed the table ever since. So I won't give away too much more of his uh, talking points. Let's just get right into this interview here. This is Sean Schneider talking about The Lonely Island on the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. I heard news that The Lonely Island had been signed on by Saturday Night Live. I immediately went down a rabbit hole trying to find out who this group was, watching everything I could, including hysterical raps about sports, to their send-up of the OC called The Boo on Channel 101. By the time Season 31 rolled around, I was ready to watch this trio in action. 
Or at least I thought I was ready. You see, by the time their second digital short went live, they not only made YouTube mainstream, but they practically invented the idea of viral. The Lonely Island, or Andy Samberg, Akifa Schaefer, and Yorma Tacombe have come a long way since that lazy Sunday in the winter of 2005. Today, I'm joined by John Schneider of the SNL Network to unpack it all and to add the Lonely Island to the ballot of the SNL Hall of Fame. How you doing today, John? Jamie, I've never been more excited to talk about anything when it comes to SNL than the Lonely Island. It's my favorite thing. Oh, wow. Okay. I have it on record uh, as early or as recent, rather. You've told me this in private before, but... As recent as this week, you went on record once again, stating season 32 is the best season of SNL ever, and the Lonely Island have to be a big part of that, wouldn't you think? Oh, for sure. They are a huge reason why SNL completely began a new golden era in the early 30s and why I believe that season 32 is the best season of all time. Not to put my finger on the scale for people who are ranking seasons, <laughs> but I have to say, uh, if you are a podcaster, you have to have some takes. And I've always felt from watching season 32, there is some magic there that you don't get in other SNL seasons where just everything is working at the same time. And Lonely Island is a huge reason why. Okay, so let's rewind uh, a little bit here to the summer before season 31. And they are all signed, all three of them, which is a, which is a nice thing because we've seen in the past sketch groups get sort of signed hodgepodge and that's got to be that's got to be really challenging for the sketch group but this sketch group gets signed wholesale you know based on their performance uh writing for the mtv movie awards in 2005 host jimmy fallon recommends the trio to lauren michaels lauren michaels gives them the uh the deal Andy Samberg comes on as the feature player. Akiva and Yorm, Yorma uh, are, are both writers. I believe Andy was a writer as well, but uh, I'll leave it to the experts at uh, SNL Network to correct me there. Um, but I'm pretty sure he was a writer as well. Uh, well, I think he came, he definitely did write a lot. I mean, he wrote a lot of these digital shorts he was involved in writing. I believe that he came on as a writer and performer. Um, Originally, all three wanted to be in the cast. They all wanted to be performers. But when uh, the producers at SNL decided to put Andy in the cast, uh, Yorma and Akiva were very excited about Andy getting the opportunity. Um, but Jamie, can I just tell you something? Yeah. The, you know, if you want to back it up even further for the listeners to just, you know, the, the incarnation of The Lonely Island, uh, just to explain who these people are, uh, they are three childhood friends who all decided to move to Los Angeles together. Yorma was the son of a film director, and they decided to produce these short films in L.A., and they called their apartment The Lonely Island. And so, that is why they had that name when they moved uh, eventually to New York and got hired at SNL. Wow. Did you... Now, you were big into season 32. What was your first season that you got really into? Was it was it was it 32 or was it before then or 
Uh, it was definitely before then. I was definitely watching SNL, um, I believe, probably going into the late 20s, early 30s of Saturday Night Live. I was definitely watching. Uh, season 31 was what we call a transition year. It was a departure. I think what happens if you if you want to uh, put yourself as a listener in in the context of what was happening at Saturday Night Live at the time, I believe that Will Ferrell leaves the show at the end of 2002. So that's a few years earlier. And there is a few seasons there where there's a little bit of a gap where you're starting to think about, you know, whose show is this? And and they bring on several people. Not everybody clicks. Um, Jimmy Fallon is a very big star at the time. He eventually leaves the show. I believe he wanted to leave earlier and the show convinces him to stay on. And they end up, you know, trying to you know, there's a lot of departures at a certain point. At the end of season 31, we lose some really big names. We lose Tina Fey, we lose Rachel Dratch, uh, Finesse Mitchell uh, is removed from the show. Uh, Horatio at the time leaves. It's it's some big departures that ends up transitioning over to what we end up getting, which is the hirings of uh, Bill Hader, Andy Samberg <laughs> and the Lonely Island. And then eventually uh, J- Jason Sudeikis, who was a writer, gets moved into the cast, Kristen Wiig. So it's just a... It's a murderer's row. It's 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 absolute craziness. Um, so I hope I get all the dates correctly. But basically, yeah, it, it is just a transition from one era to another, and they hit on everything. Yeah, absolutely. So let's think about that time in. Gosh, season thirty-one. It's the winter time. I mean, if you watched Lettuce. And you went, this group is going to change the face of this program that I want to meet you because you are amazing. A Lazy Sunday, two weeks later, December 15th, this thing changes the game. Lazy Sunday, wake up in the late afternoon, call Parnell just to see how he's doing. Hello, what up, Parn? Yo, Sandberg, what's cracking? You thinking what I'm thinking? Money up, man, it's happening. Uh-huh. But first, my hunger pains are sticking like duct tape. Just hit up Mac Yoga and Mac on some cupcakes. Yo, that bakery's got all about Bob Frosty. I love those cupcakes like McAdams loves Gosling. Gosling, Gosling, Get suspicious. It's the Pippin Red Vines 
Oh, for sure. I mean, you can read there. There's like um, theses on on the Lazy Sunday digital short changing the game for every short producer in the world. It it you know pushes YouTube forward. Basically, before uh, YouTube existed and before the Lonely Island guided people to create these shorts and be inspired there was a barrier of entry for people to create their own content and what happened was is these three childhood friends who were then hired on snl and got the ability to create shorts and they were then put on youtube basically leads to what you now see which is if you go on youtube or any other video website including you know tiktok which is an instagram which has you know captured that many years later on social media uh, this was the start of it all because this basically let everybody in the world know that if you have a friend and you think you're funny, you can make a video and you can go viral with it. <laughs> that, that's astounding. Uh, it, like I like I went into uh, a comedy program in September of 2003 and it was, you know, there were a couple of people in our group that were using film. But two years later, I went to the graduate show and almost the entire thing was off stage. Almost the entire thing was shot as video. And to me, that just goes to show you like the impact that this group had on, you know, what you can do. And it, it, it's astounding. It, it's absolutely astounding. hundred percent. I mean, my high school experience was completely inspired by the Lonely Island. I mean, we made so many uh, high school music videos for, you know, video art projects that were inspired by different digital shorts. We made a Lazy Sunday parody called Lazy Friday. Like we, we it's just, and I'm, I'm sure the listeners, as there's so many people who've done something similar. Um, we made uh, the, uh, there were, there was just, even um, I'm on a boat. We took I'm on a boat and we did I'm on a case in terms of like a film noir documentary. Like there was just every single person has watched the digital shorts and wondered, hey, I could do that. I could make that. And that's really cool. And obviously, they got better. They got higher quality over time. They brought in big name guests and became something that was bigger than itself at a certain point. But at least at the start, when you're watching something like Lazy Sunday, I mean, it's just a wrap. It's talking about funny things that are happening in New York, but it clicks on every single level to the point where everybody feels, hey, if, can I do that? And it's inspiring. Yeah. And they continued to inspire and delight us you know throughout season 31 but around a year later season 32 christmas time we got something that you know I, i'm saying lazy sunday changed the game but dick in a box talk to me about that i mean it's like what happens when a new artist comes out and they make some song and it goes viral and then all of a sudden every single artist in the world that's popular wants to collaborate with that person i mean that's what was happening with the lonely island and you you had a host in justin timberlake who comes in and absolute dynamite no-brainer five-timer and he he's coming in and every single show he does is magic and to put these people together you know the lonely island who are writing really funny shorts but they have this musical talent that can only be it, it was like puzzle pieces just be 
put together in such a perfect way that you had this short called Dick in a Box that was like the number one thing that anybody could talk about at the time. I, I could not go anywhere without anybody doing this for <laughs> even for uh, Halloween costumes. People would would go as the Dick in the Box guys. They would. It, it was just everywhere I went. It was Dick in wow. a Box crazy. Wow. I was a little bit older. So I still am a little bit older. So I, I didn't see it quite as much. But man, I remember thinking how brilliant it was uh, and how professional it was. You know, how different it was from Lazy Sunday, even though it was sort of the same thing as Kablamo all those years earlier. You know, it was just these guys being really funny and really uh, silly in this genre that just um, works so well. Yeah. And, uh, oh, no, please go ahead. I was going to say, I, I I mean, the other thing about, you know, when you're talking about the SNL Hall of Fame and who should be in the Hall of Fame and who shouldn't, I think you, when you're talking about people who have dominated on the show and deserve to be rewarded for it, it's not only those who create magic on screen, but those that are able to connect with the audience. That's a very key feature here. Do you relate to these people? Because right now when you're on Saturday Night Live, I mean, it's the party that we all want to be invited to. And the Lonely Island had a way of making you feel a part of the content they were creating. <laughs> yeah. Like you may not be ridiculous enough to go to your girlfriend's house with a dick in a box, but you watch it and you're like, that is actually a very interesting idea. And there's just something <laughs> about it. That, that is like, <laughs> you're like, wait, could I do that? And, and it just, it creates conversation. It sends it, it, if you saw something like that tomorrow, you would send it to everybody you knew. And the Lonely Island had a way of creating, you know, things that were viral before things could go viral. Yeah. It's hard to believe that, you know, in the time that they were there, things changed as much as they as they did. Like from what, season 31 to season 36, basically. Uh, the group of them are there. And, you know... Starting with season 37, the show doesn't look the same. It's a different show. There's been a paradigm shift, and they are responsible for that. What What do you make of that? Well, you know, the thing for me is that throughout those seasons in the 30s, you were always looking for what the digital short was going to be that week. It was It was a new segment on the show, and I think that... As, you know, things developed and as eventually Yorma and Akiva, you know, decide to move on to other projects. I mean, you know, everybody in Hollywood wants to work with these guys. They're able to see what they're able to produce on the show. And it's a no brainer to bring them on to other projects. And and we've seen, you know, the type of content they produce after the show. But I think eventually over time, uh, there was a little bit of a like a uh, they were chasing their own ghosts, right? It was the ghost of of Dick in a Box. It was the ghost of Lazy Sunday, where it was like always wanting to produce the next big thing. And eventually, once you know the show, uh, the show eventually is just looking to figure out how to capture that magic and. I don't know that they ever have been able to figure it out. And we see that throughout, you know, into the late 30s and into the 40s, where they're consistently trying to hire people in the vein of the Lonely Island and are not as successful. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Lonely Island. I mean, 
they have a they have a flavor they have a a tonality to them that if SNL were to have kept you know the digital short brand intact when the lonely island left i think it would have been really transparent right away that it it wasn't the same old digital short yes for sure i mean it, it never were I mean, that's their brand. Like, that's who they are. And I think that, you know, if, you know, when Andy came back eventually and hosted, they brought back a digital short and for that to pop up, like, there was there was times I could tell you that, like, as a fan of The Lonely Island and a, and a very big one, I would get chills when I would see an SNL digital short pop up on screen. There was really nothing like it. Like, I didn't know what was going to come, but there was an excitement that I often describe is kind of like watching... Uh, an SNL Christmas show or an SNL finale, right? Because you go into those shows and you start thinking to yourself, what could happen here? Literally anybody could show up at any time. There's a huge excitement. It's going to be a big show. And you had that same feeling for every single week when an SNL digital short pops up. It was like, we have no idea who's going to be in this. And it's going to be really exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I guess they really did start to extend the brand, you know, with, with pop culture celebrities, uh, whether they were or were not hosting that week, they had some pretty cool people show up on the, uh, on the various digital shorts. Do you, uh, any standouts for you? Oh, wow. I mean, the Justin Timberlake ones, I, I not to consistently gush about Justin Timberlake because I know this is the Lonely Island Hall of Fame episode. <laughs> but uh, I mean, between Dick in a Box, Mother Lover, Three Way, I mean, those are just some absolute classics. I really do like Mother, Mother Lover, which was nominated for an Emmy, an Emmy and I believe uh, was not as well regarded. I don't know why, but um, I ran so far. The one that uh, happened, I think, on the LeBron James episode, um, that's with Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, played by Fred Armisen. Um, such, and, and Adam Levine was in that one. Uh, such a great one. Uh, Jizz in My Pants from the John Malkovich episode in 2008. Uh, that one, to me, just as good as Dick in a Box. And, I mean, that's high praise coming from Yeah. <laughs> really good sketch. Yeah, there's some really, really good ones. Um, I just had sex. I mean, I I have to tell you, I mean, there were lots of times where my friends and I would be playing that in our cars with the windows rolled down, driving around, playing I just had sex. So <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, the the perils of the perils of youth, right? Right. <laughs> but um that's dynamite. That's good fun. If you walk into the SNL Hall of Fame tomorrow and you approach the plaque that that is the Lonely Island plaque, assume there's a video player playing beneath. What is it playing? Hmm. And it doesn't have to be one thing. It can be, you know, several things. I feel like it's the 100th digital short. Hey, we're the guys who make the SNL digital shorts. I'm Andy. I'm Yorma. And I'm Justin Bieber. Akiva. Gazante. Tonight we are celebrating our 100th short. So come with us, won't you? Congratulations to us, to us. Truly a major milestone. A celebration yes. of us, of us. Here's what we're going to do. Shake off the cobwebs and limber up And stretch it out and do play 
Olivia Pilates, cause tonight, tonight we're gonna suck our own Wait, what? What? That's disgusting. No, it's not. Hey look, it's Shy Roddy and Reba. It's a celebration and we're gonna party. You know we get naughty, take it Shy Roddy. And I'll rip your ass open We've done the creep and punched people before eating We've done things in our pants that don't bear repeating no. Tonight, they're gonna suck their own I'm Reba! Excuse me! What is happening? So shoot your knees again and let your woman's power Raise up our glasses and Throw it on the ground! Alcohol is poison! Man! Take it, Mahmood. I think that's from the Will Ferrell episode in 2012. But basically, the genius of the Lonely Island takes all the bits and pieces from their previous digital shorts and mashes them all together. So if you're going to have to summarize the Lonely Island's digital shorts, it's going to have to be that one. Oh, that's a really great answer. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a good trivia question too, right? How many times do the R&B singers show up on SNL? I think most people would say three and you can go, no, it's four. That's uh, actually five, I'll tell you. They actually Is it showed five? up. Five? Yeah, they showed up with the wild and crazy guys uh, during Justin Timberlake's hosting, I believe, in 2013. So they did. Oh! Uh, yeah, they did the pairs. They were actually in a live sketch. That is bonkers to me. And this is just precisely why you don't enter a SNL trivia battle against the head of the SNL network, because you're going to get owned. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that Andy did uh, during a monologue once he was one of the dick in a box guys because uh, they were just going to the uh, the cast members in a in the chairs and basically like showing recurring characters. And that was his recurring character. 
So six times potentially. Five and a half. Let's call it five, five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, I think the hundredth I think the hundredth uh digital short is a is a great pick for that. Uh for it's for like it's like game. Jamie, it's like going to Hank Aaron's plaque at the at the baseball hall of fame and seeing him break the home run record by Babe Ruth. Like that's that's what you see when you see the hundredth digital short. So so you think these guys are a slam dunk? Oh, uh, there's no question to me. I mean, you have, you know, there was nobody like them before and everyone after has been trying to be like them. I mean, there's no other case. It, it's the, to me, they are the Michael Jordan of what they do. Like there is, yeah. there's nothing like it. Yeah. Or, or, or I could be a bit more modern. I could say Curry, you know, yeah. they, they play the three point game. Like they, they introduced the whole new paradigm to the to the game in in that's probably a better example jamie to be honest because uh in terms of like mj comparisons you could talk about live sketch people in terms of like you know the the bill haters and the phil hartmans of the world like go back into you know who is the greatest sketch performer of all time in these sketches that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about something very specific uh like a certain stat and yeah the steph curry comparison is a great one i think these guys really changed the show i mean the show now the way the rundowns usually work is you get a live sketch you know in the first half anyway you get a live sketch then you get um a pre-tape and then sometimes it's backed on with another live sketch so in the first act like before weekend update you're getting two pre-tapes that's like unheard of yeah. And I, I, like I said, I think that it's been many years they've brought on different people. I mean, Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett were brought on, uh, who were producing content together. There was Michael Bryan, who was brought on originally as a writer and then eventually became a performer who did his shorts. We've seen in season 47 of Saturday Night Live, Please Don't Destroy, which is a lot of people feel is the closest comparison that we've seen to Lonely Island in uh, a long time. So there are people who have come in in the last you know, decade or so and have tried to produce stuff. And obviously it is unfair to look at replicas or look at, look at these people as replicas, but it's really hard not to picture how the lonely Island would compare to some of these people who've come after them. I wonder, I, I, I just wonder if they will, you know, if we'll be talking about them the same way in, in 10 years, it's going to be interesting. That's uh, there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've had a really interesting start. I mean, what from what we've seen so far from Please Don't Destroy, they are, in my opinion, the closest comparison to what we saw from The Lonely Island. But people have to remember, I mean, The Lonely Island started, uh, you know, they they started and then they had this, you know, viral thing based on the times. And that's not something that's so easy for Please Don't Destroy to do. It's not like a film people can come out right now and say, oh, yeah, YouTube happens to be starting at the exact same time. Like, it's not <laughs> that's not what's happening now. Right. So it, it's just it's a different time. And it's the barrier. Like, there's just so many. The barrier to entry is so much uh, lower that there's so many people out there producing viral content. It, it's much more difficult to be able to get to that point now. Ah, I prefer the Babe Ruth example. I prefer to think of the Lonely Island as, as you know, not just ahead of their time, but like ahead of their time and smacking home runs in 1930 that, you know, the likes of we'll never see again. Um, I, I like that. I like that idea that this group is just transcendent. They're, they're really that good. So what are your final thoughts on 
the Lonely Island and why they should appear in the SNL Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, look, SNL Hall of Fame listeners, Jamie does a great job as the keeper of the Hall of Fame, and he's had some excellent guests on here. But let me tell you, there is nobody that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame more than the Lonely Island. There have been some great people who've come in the doors of 30 Rock and into 8H. But I have to tell you, these people have created something on here that is more magical than anything else I have seen on Saturday Night Live. It is transcended the show. People know digital shorts and they don't even know they came from Saturday Night Live because they are just so much bigger than the show itself. And I think that you cannot have a Saturday Night Live Hall of Fame without the Lonely Island in it. Those are bold words, John Schneider. You cannot have an SNL Hall of Fame without the Lonely Island in it. Woo. Get your pencils ready. April 25th. Will the Lonely Island make it for the writing category? I I don't know. I can't say for sure. But John sure makes a compelling case, and it's very difficult to disagree with his assertion. So there's that. That's what I've got for you this week. Other than... Thanking my guest, John Schneider from the SNL Network. You can find him on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, there is a Patreon group on Facebook that you can sign up for. It's like eight bucks a month. Well worth it. Uh, this is a, you know, this is a, you know, there, there's a lot of really great choices out there right now for SNL podcasts. And you can't go wrong with any of them, but uh, I would vouch for the SNL network for sure. So I uh, hope you enjoyed yourself this week. Next week, we'll be back again with another episode. Uh, we will head over into the uh, host, uh, pardon me, the cast member category. So that'll be interesting to see who we can. Uh, who we rally behind and listen to. Um, That's what I got for you. So take care, be well, and on your way past, turn out the lights because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. You can find everything you need to know about the show at snlhof.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next month in the hall. Podcasts and such.